Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Wendy. Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I want to add something, which is I'm a compulsive exerciser, so I'm an exercise bulimic. I don't do four and five hours a day, but I but the the, the crazies are here. Like today, I didn't exercise. Oh, by the way, I'll be all, all over the map. I promise this will be everywhere. But I'm just going to say it, which is um, oh right. So by tonight, I'll be five pounds heavier because I didn't exercise today. That's the head. So I'm an exercise bulimic. I love that you can come to a program right and sort of begin to heal. Um, and then more stuff pops up, right? Oh, look at that one. There we go. Never thought I'd be an exercise bulimic. That's crazy. Anyway, so let's see. What do I want to say first? Thank you to the uh, woman who invited me to speak. And her name I cannot pronounce. I think it's like Lucianne or Lucianne. So thank you, Lucianne. All right. She was really helpful. Anyways, um, so I appreciate that. That's just being of service. I want to say something else before I start, which is... Um, I don't want you to just like what I'm saying or kind of get it. I want you to develop a crush on me by the end of the, the talk. And, um, you know, and that's the degree to which the hole in my soul is that big. It's, that, it's God-sized, see, because you guys were my problem and you were my solution. And that's my story. That is my story. You're messy, and I want to control you. And what happens in this program for me is that I, words like control pop out, and I go, yeah, thank you, God. Does that make any sense to anybody? Like the minute I see, after doing, I don't know how many four steps, maybe, I, I've been around nine years. Um, let's just talk about that for a second. Abstinence, uh, five and a half years. Uh, it's three meals a day, two snacks, and no sugar. And I'm maintaining a 55-pound weight loss, so I'm a 55-pounder, I guess. And yay. <laughs> And I wish I could show you my body because part of my recovery is showing off. Hold on. Can I just do this? i got to take something off. This is what I do when I speak and I'm nervous is I want you to see me. Okay? I'm a compulsive attention getter. There we go. Okay. So I'm a compulsive attention getter, yet I'm so nervous right now because I'm a people pleaser. And I want you, if you want me to be pink and she wants me to be orange and you need me to be a dark brown, simultaneously I can do that. But then what I do is I go home and I eat. I stuff down who I am because I want you to love me more than I could ever love myself. And that's my truth. And that's my story. That's the whole deal, guys. The whole deal. Check this out. I grew up in Brentwood. I went to school across the street from elementary school. And um, in kindergarten, I was the kissing bee. It's a true story. I ran around. I didn't want to be intimate with anyone because being like friends with girls was a waste of time. It was really a waste of time. All I wanted was love, 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 but I didn't really want to know you, right? That's why I want you to develop a crush, but then don't talk to me after the meeting. Like, don't really develop a crush on me if you catch what I'm saying, even though my husband's like, it's cool, it's good, you know. Anyways, so I got married. That's a miracle, but we'll get there. So, um, 
So, yeah, I was a kissing bug. Oh, and then I was the girl in the classroom with this. Always in the front row, hand up, because it was the only place where people were paid to give me attention. I have three other siblings. It's really competitive in there. And mom and dad were checked out, love them, checked out, doing the best they can. We all are doing the best we can. Part of my miracle is I don't talk about my parents the way I did. I grew up in a really competitive family. So I was very competitive. I have no idea if it was a competitive family. I was deeply competitive. I'll give you an example in a second. So every classroom I was in, hand up, talk to me. I, you know, And then I'm a teacher. What a friggin' surprise. So, um, so that was school. And then I'd come home from school. And I love that it's like, and we got our, all of our shopping done across the street. Like, this really is where I grew up. It's just a little strange. And then a couple miles that way was the home, and at 3 o'clock, I started eating, and I didn't stop. And I rarely talk about this, but I have, what, an hour and a half, right? So, <laughs> so you know, let's, just, let's go piece by piece. What did you eat when you got home? And, you know, it was classic. Like, the, uh, I remember eating mom's dinner. And um, eating well before that, too, like 3 o'clock on, I, I just didn't stop. Mainly it was like um, those chocolate chip morsels, semi-sweet. Are we allowed to talk about food in there? Okay. And so I'd be in the closet just doing this, you know, and then going right through the double fudge or double stuff. Or, I never talk about this, but here we are. And, um, and then the lights would go out around 10 o'clock, and I'd open up the fridge and just start cutting the piece of the cake and just like this all the way through or the ice cream. Um, I didn't think I had a problem. But I always felt I was fat. Ooh, pictures. Okay, the first couple of pictures, I'm young, and I, I was told by a doctor, she's fat, she has to do something about it. My grandfather, checked this out until he died, um, he said you should always leave the dinner table hungry. And he's Jewish. What the hell was that? I had this, like, anorexic grandfather, definitely anorexia in our, you know, but I'm not allowed to do anybody's inventory. All I can say is I was, you know, it was like... It was really against the law to be fat. I got to tell you, I love my aunt, right? But it was it, it, it was a long love and coming, if you catch what I'm saying. And I remember it was like magnet on her door. It was like, what is it? Something on the hips is a life. No, a moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips. And she was, you know, always like a size three or four. Um, it was a little, yeah, food was crazy, but. Um, I don't have anyone, you know, I'm just an overeater. That's what I am. I don't know why or anything like that. So what else can I tell you? So that was kind of growing up. I remember Minnesota Fats, Thunder Thighs. That was my brother. We love him today. And, um, yeah, I just don't have a lot of the story anymore. Do you know what I mean? I don't have a lot of, like, how I was a victim. It's like, nah, next. So I got to program. <laughs> and thank God. And um, and I also say I'm, it's a miracle I'm maintaining a 55-pound weight loss. What that means is that what I do on Tuesday, it's what I did on Monday. It's what I did on Christmas Day, I did the day before. It means that I have a program that I use, and so I have the same weight size, which is really um, a miracle. It's a miracle. What's also a miracle is, like, for example, I got married, right? He, there's a picture of it in there where he asked me to get married um we're in Venice, Italy, and he pops the question. He really doesn't. He just showed me the ring. And I said, why? Really romantic. Why are you doing that? I mean, because my story, my story is you guys are messy, and I want to control you, and then I want to run. Or I want to run and then control you. Mainly, like, boyfriends, we lasted about 12 and a half minutes. 
most boyfriend relationships. Um, that was a joke. And then um, they were messy and awful. That I bottomed on boyfriends. I got here because I bottomed on boyfriends. That's my story. That's just where I come from. Um, and I wanted to hold them, what is that, emotionally hostage. That was my story. That's, my, that's what I did. That's, it was insane. It was insane. So I meet this guy, and he's like, here's a ring. And I'm like, mm, suspicious. You know, something's wrong. And my sister actually said to me, she said, you know what, I've never seen you be yourself around a man in all these years, 30 years, 30-some odd years. But, of course, I had to, like, struggle with it because one way I tried to control everything before program was analyze. Let's just analyze everything. Why don't you like me? You know, why don't you love me? Maybe I could change. Maybe I could change. Maybe I could change, change, change. Anyways, so this guy, yeah, so, so I got married. That's crazy. And we're still married. That means that if we have an emotion, you know, a feeling, I can go into the other room and practice the principles of this program, and I don't have to take it out on him. Miracles like our fights last maybe four and a half minutes. I mean, really, or three, like not a lot, because I can't do it anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like when I'm binging, and it's like, you, OA ruins your binge. It ruins your binge. You're so bummed. Your head's like... Stop it now, stop it now, stop it now, stop it, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, uh, you know, there's like this old, like, and I am a bullshitter. I'm a, um, do you know the, oh, whiskey in the milk, do you know that story? So the idea is like today, even today, let's talk about it, at my um, nephew's bar mitzvah, he, um, they had a salad. So I'm like, hmm, salad, hmm, there's crunchy looking things in there. I don't really eat crunchy looking things because that's bags and boxes and I'm in trouble. But it's in the salad. So it's probably kind of a vegetable, even though it's called a crouton. <laughs> it was a crouton, people, and I went back for more. Like, it's, you know what I mean? You're like, that's the whiskey in the mouth. You're suspending your, like, uh, it's, I called in the salad, you know. Okay, so, oh, I didn't see that coming. I love that one. Oh, and then in the other salad, check this out, you guys. I noticed there was like a pecan, and I'm sure it was candied, you know. Come on. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to bite into that thing. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Because I'm at a bar mitzvah, so I can do it. I can do it because I'm at the bar mitzvah. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. So what do I do in this program? Do I beat myself up about that? No. I come clean. Information, not ammunition. Information, not ammunition. Beautiful, beautiful thing my sponsor gave me recently within the last year. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, because what do they say? Every extra bite is a lie. It's like, so, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that, but it's true. It's true. It's true. Like, or check this out. I mean, I lie all the time. Um, I'm into I have bananas a lot lately, and so I had this banana, but I decided it was too skinny, so it needed to be a half more of the banana to make it a real banana. Come on, people. If I'm doing that much work, do you know what I mean, like doing algebra with the bananas? That's crazy. I'm a nut. So here's what I know. I know I'm a nut, but I also know um, that I like who I am today. I love who I am today, and sometimes I forget, um, and then I'm reminded. So the way I work my program is I go, oh, look. Like, I'll give you another example, right? I keep saying how competitive my family is. I'm a competitive nut. Like, when they, um, when they showed up today, <laughs> my brother-in-law's here. Hi, honey. You guys to hear this. Ah! I'm like, check her out, check her. I look hotter, I look hotter, I look hotter. I'm 47. We can just stop with the competition. But the point is it stems from something, so write about it. If it's hysterical, it's historical. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody in this room. 
But it means that if I still want to gossip about my younger sister, which I do, and um, talk shit about her and decide that she's just a really miserable person, I get to look at that. And the gossiping doesn't even work that much. It's like, and oh, I can't do that anymore. It ruined the the program. Really ruined my gossip. You know, but 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 my point is, I'm in bondage to myself when I'm having those thoughts about her, wanting to punish her because she was so awful when I was young. So the way I get to punish her is, don't talk to her or talk about her or whatever. You guys, like, it's horrible. I'm just going to tell the truth though. It's like. Finding happiness when she has some sadness or disappointment in her life. That's but the only way the program works is for me to tell you that. I, I call it my ickies. I call my sponsor and give her my ickies, and I'm, I first say I don't want to. I don't want to say this to you. I don't want to tell you this at all. And then she says okay, and then I tell her, and I don't die. And she didn't die. She didn't stop loving me either, which is pretty wonderful. But that's kind of how it works it's complete acceptance it's like cease fighting everything and everyone including yourself and the only way I can do the program is is do it honestly I can't I can bullshit for a while but that's not cool okay I'm going to talk about something else that I heard from a newcomer recently she said I'm never ever satisfied hit me right between right here Never, ever. My story with my parents, they're never going to be enough. He's never, he wasn't enough. He already died. He's, he was never enough. You know, they're not enough. They're not enough. My sister, my younger sister, never enough. You know, the people aren't going to be enough for me. And then I remember that someone said we have the disease of more. I want more. Like, whatever I committed today, I want more. If I say I'm going to have a glass of wine, I want three. If I say I'm going to have, I want his. I want yours. I want everything in the closet that has bags and boxes related to it, you know, crunchy stuff. Um, I want all that stuff. And and the I'm going to talk about the recovery for a minute. The recovery is, oh, I can't talk right now. It's my sponsee. Okay, should we put her on? Okay. Um, and she's not enough. Like, no one is... You know, and then it's like, I mean, if I'm really honest, right, it's like, oh, and if they don't do the program how I want them to do the program, that really threw me. I've got someone who who, she grazes through the day and will not, mm -mm, three meals. And then um, she doesn't write. She writes nothing. And um, I was so uncomfortable about, like, because my worldview is so small that if you're not doing it my way, you're not doing it. And my sponsor said, well, is she, you know, obtaining, maintaining a healthy body weight? Is she getting recovery? I said, yes, she, all of that. Well, then let it go, you know, let it go. And that's really hard. It's really hard. I have, um, anyways, I won't go on. It's on, it's on tape, so I'll be quiet. But um, <laughs> I'll be good. I'll be good. Um, but, no, when I heard never, ever satisfied, that freed me up immediately. That's my point. It's like these words just come over me, and I go, ah, I feel better already. Like, knowing I'm a controlling person um, is very, um, what a relief. It's like the first step. The steps to me are relief, serenity, and freedom. That's what the steps are. If I'm in the ring with popcorn, okay, step one, I don't, you know, I'd love to pretend that we could – somehow have popcorn like a woman like a lady or whatever but it's never going to go that way at least not for today maybe tomorrow not for today um and that same with people people places things food it's all the same i'm powerless over all of it and what a relief another thing i heard um 
Oh, by the way, then if you're enough, I'm enough. I love that one too. Like, and this is a very, this is what I work on on a daily basis. This is what my program really is about. Um, oh, by the way, the food will never be enough. We already talked about that, though. Love will never be all that stuff, and that's just going to keep me in bondage and starving all the time. And um, so, something I heard that helped was lower the bar. And in, 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 in addition to that, my sponsor said, I promise I will fail you. And when I heard that, I said, what is she talking about? Because you guys, not only you can't fail me, you have to be above and beyond. You really cannot just be human. You can't be limited. Don't be limited. Limited is not good. And I, anyway, so when I heard lower the bar, it's like, okay, wait a minute. So I'm going to lower the bar for me first. This is fabulous news. <gasps> Like this talk, right? I want it perfect. I want it whatever, whatever. I don't know. There's a microphone. It's scary. Um, uh, right? And so it's like lower the bar. Just be human. Just whatever you need to say, say it. And um, instead of like practicing so that you'll love me, you know. And um, and then if I'm lowering the bar, that means you guys get to lower your bar. And I will fail my sponsees. Yes. And they will fail me. This is really good news. This is a liberating, freeing, serene experience. These words free me up in the program. And when I know I'm with God, which I haven't talked about at all, um, the way I access God is I take this hand and I put it right here. That's God. Right now, that's all it is right there. It's going, you're good. You're good, you're good, you're good. And when I tell the truth, that's God. When I say, you know, I had two and a half glasses of wine and I really wanted to check out. Ding, 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 ding. It's really quiet. God, God appears. When I tell you the truth, God appears. Okay, other things. Oh, I got a backbone in this program very recently, by the way. I had no backbone because my existence was to be whatever you needed me to be in the moment um, and then really resent you for needing me to be however. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. It's so crazy. So addicted to you guys. And um, so I have a job now. Um, which is great. And you know when you have a job, it's actually inconvenient. Like it gets in the way of your playtime. I don't know if you ever experienced that. Like where I come from is like I want the money, but I really don't want to do any of the work. Is that, that'll work. That, yeah. And that's where I come from. Like other people, you know, have to be inconvenienced, but not me, you know. So I love, that's just very humbling. So, um, so I got a backbone uh, a couple days ago. <laughs> Check it out. I work with triplets, three eight-year-old girls. And their job, if you look at it as a spiritual experience with these little girls, their job is to, um, is to um, challenge me and push me. Right? Push, 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 push. Challenge, challenge. And, and, I, and I talked back. I spoke up. actually found a voice and used it. Um, and boy, was it messy. By the way, a lot of this program is messy. You know what I mean? I don't want to tell those girls that. There's going to be feelings involved. They may be me. You know what happened? They, like, straightened up completely. Because they're like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a person there, you know? And then, like, I don't know if you've ever had a five-and-a-half, six-year-old. I have one of those at home. You know, and it's like people-pleaser. You know what I mean? Like, compulsively giving him whatever he wants with absolutely no boundaries. And then... So angry, right? This is my story. Like, just repress it, repress it, repress it, and then just explode. 
I don't recommend that. It's not working that well for me. Yeah. How's it working for you? So isn't it crazy? And, like, one of the gifts of the program is knowing that my son gets to enjoy, not enjoy, gets to experience disappointment. I didn't grow up with that. I grew up with, you know, kind of give her what she wants, but I never even told them what I wanted, ever. I was really sarcastic and sad a lot. And um, and my son, yeah, I'm like, it, it, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna handle it. I'm gonna be okay if he doesn't, if he has a disappointment. And I know this sounds so teeny, but this is like years of doing four steps. Do you know what I mean? To get to that one moment, at least for me, you know, when I can handle his disappointment, and no one's gonna die. Another fun one is no one needs to be uh, blamed here. I love that one. I love that one. Especially with my husband, doesn't have to, no, no blaming, no blaming. Another thing I like to say, and by the way, I totally do love and adore my younger sister. It's on tape, so I have to say that. Um, but, but the point is, you guys, I don't act this stuff out. When she calls me, right, and here's what I do. I go, hmm, not good to call her right now because your resentment is really in your voice. Like, don't do that. That would be a bad move. But text her back, because she's a texter person, and just say, love you, or no, that's a complete sentence, thank you, it's a complete sentence, she doesn't need to know more, I came from the world of more, let's just talk more about it, so we can figure out how to solve the more, more, mores, and now it's like, it's really quiet, part of recovery is I just get quieter, I don't need to explain myself, no work, or no thank you, or let me think about that. Um, and just so you know, I do a lot of this, gum chewing, because I don't want the party in my mouth to end ever. It's so sad after the breakfast, I'm like, I'm hungry at 10, people. Like, I don't want you to get the feeling I'm all serene. I'm not. I think about food constantly. We're going out to dinner tonight. I'm like, okay, what can I get away with? Mmm, okay, the vegetables, yeah, maybe, okay, I could do that. Oh, but that's, you know what I mean? I think about food all the time. I chew the gum all the time. I drink sodas, diet sodas, I do, you know, all that stuff. And I'm totally like, that's where I'm at, sister. It's cool, it's fine. Like, we don't do this. I do not beat myself up anymore, anymore. It's just information. It really, really is. Um, last night I tried to... Um, figure out how I could justify not having the vegetables but having an, having oatmeal for dinner. So I made oatmeal into a vegetable last night. <laughs> See, that's me last night. And then I'm thinking, how can you give this very important talk to these people in Brentwood if you had oatmeal for your dinner? It's just not okay. And it's not the way the program works for me. But the old head goes, what will they think? Well, tell them the truth. Tell them what you really do. I drink wine sometimes, check this one out, just to, like, eat something early. Like, I'm hungry at 5.30. And, six, you know, I have veg at 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, da, 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 you know. Very boring. And um, I'll have wine to eat something. It's like I'm eating my drink. And then if I have more than one glass, like last night, I had two, called in one, had two, didn't call about it until after, by the way. After is fine, right? Right. The real deal is calling or texting before you put it in your mouth when you're making that change at the restaurant, right? So anyways, I had two. So two means I will eat, I will overeat or eat, you know, oatmeal as my vegetable. <laughs> and um, and one glass means it's okay. You can do that, you know. But 
Yeah, it's just a program of rigorous honesty. That's all it is for me. It's just, it's being honest. It's, I mean, I'll talk about service for a minute. Um, oh, yeah, when you give these talks, my, my sponsor always says, this is not about you at all. It has nothing to do with you, what you're going to say. You're just being in service. That's all it is. And when I hear it, what a relief. Again, I just lowered the bar. Like, I get to fail you. I get, like, this is good news. This is really, really good news. And, you know, when I'm at work, same thing. You're just channeling higher power, you know, when you're doing this. You're just, you're just there to be of service. And that's huge because my disease, like many of us, self-centered, self-absorbed. Um, and somebody said, well, you need to be self-centered as in centered with God, self with God, but the rest is is not the case. But yeah, so I just I, I thought I'd add that last part there. That was helpful. Um, I don't think yeah. I could tell you more. I'll tell you more about my program. How's that? What I I actually do. Um, okay, that I can do. So I've got three sponsees. My first reaction is they're doing it wrong, and then um, I'm sure many of you want to be my sponsee now. And then, um, you know, and they're doing it wrong because they're human beings, you know. And, um, and the real deal, actually, what happens for me is if, if, if they're not getting it or what, if they're out there kind of trying to figure it out, whatever, I, I think I take responsibility. You know that? I think I think I really could do something to help them. I mean, I really do make a difference. Or, or if, if I was only whatever more spiritually centered, I would be, um, they would have a better program, right? Totally selfish and self-centered. So then I, my, my amazing sponsor says to me, and again, you are putting yourself there. This isn't about you. Most of the things I bring to her, and I write a tremendous amount, I'll talk about it in a second. Most of the stuff I bring to her, the answer is always, this is not about you. This is not about you at all. Um, you know, your students... The way they act, it's not about you at all. And I think most everything is about me. But as I get more esteem, self-esteem, and the way I get more self-esteem is through doing esteemable acts, which are mainly contrary action, that's when I get the backbone. And how people are is just not as important to me at all. And the esteemable acts are, are, are what I do every day, getting on my knees, praying, and meditate talk to the sponsors, talk to my sponsors. So about an hour I'm talking to people in program. And if you ha have not sponsored yet, if you have a few steps ahead of that person, you can, I think. I, I think that. And um, it definitely is probably the reason why I remained abstinent is because of my sponsors and my sponsor. So that's probably the most important part. Certainly at meetings I have, you know, jobs or service jobs, um, you know, and that's, that was good, too. I, I, I thought the only service job I could do is where I get the most attention. <laughs> I'm being honest, you know. And, um, you know, so it's like, who's willing to put the chairs away? It's like, put your hand up, put your hand up, you know. So that's contrary for me. Contrary action is calling someone and asking them how they are and then shutting my mouth. Or even today at the bar mitzvah, how are you? Well, how much do you want to know, you know. Um, you know, like... Like that, like, well, I'm glad you asked, you know. And now, again, my program just makes me quieter. When I get an email and I have a large reaction, I'm asked to wait, write about it, talk to somebody about it before I respond. The other day I didn't do that, and it didn't work out really well. I was like, meow, back. 
but mainly, again, a lot of my recovery comes from um, deleting words in my, in my email, deleting the words. Less is more. They don't need to know that. Um, so that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, let's see if there was anything else. The writing. The way I get to God is through writing for me. And I write a lot because here's my deal. Why do I even do this, right? Why do I work the program, all of it? Because I want serenity, freedom, and relief. That's why I do the program. I don't do it to be a good sponsee or anything like that. I do it because I have to. Because the jitters are up because I'm not eating. So the jitters are up, right? And I think I get the feelings. And then I write to God. And, and I keep going. And then what? And then my part is where the relief comes. I mean, it's a relief just to write it all out. And really, like the FU letters, I'm, you know, I hide them. I don't want my family to see them. I tear them up when I'm done. I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's uncomfortable, um, those letters. But I have to do it, you guys, because I never said it. I never said any of this stuff, and I have to. So the writing is, to me, the way to get to God very quickly. Um, and it gives me the most serenity, relief, and freedom. Um, obviously, meetings do that as well. Um, so that's really great. And, yeah, we can end here, yes? Uh, great. Thanks a lot for letting me be of service. And I look forward to your questions. Yes, please. What brought you to OA and when? Okay. Nine years ago, somebody mentioned something about 12-step and I wasn't ready years and years ago. And then... Um, then someone mentioned OA again, and I saw Sandra Bullock in a movie called 28 Days, and that is how my higher power came to me. It was through this actress. It was through the character and then the lines of her own addiction. And I was munching on some Trader Joe's huge thing of chocolate. And, like, just, and bottomed on boyfriends, you know, really. I finally hit bottom. Like, what do they say, the gift of desperation in this program, that you have to have the gift of desperation or I won't do it. So I was desperate. And I um, found myself at a Friday night Glendale meeting, and actually Atwater, right by where we live. And um, I was home. I was so home. They were talking the talk, and I was like, bring it on. Pink Cloud was like the first night. I, I think the, the bottoming, always the weight, but more the relationships. That's where the focus seemed to be, where the deep depression, deep anxiety. Um, I was so ready to recover at that point. I was about... 38 or 39, you know, so I, I, I had some time. <laughs> um, so that's how it worked. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah. Hi. Um, what is God to you? It's oh, a great question. What is God to me? Okay. God is, when I tell the truth, even the silly truth about the croutons that I ate today, that's God. That's God. When I hear the truth from you, from my sponsees, when they say, Oh, God, you know, like, like, okay, my sponsor said to me, um, she said, um, honey, and this is when I was night eating for a while, and she said, honey, you want the food more than you want the serenity. And I said, amen, sister. Like, she hit me right here between the eyes, like, ding, that's your story. You want, that's all it is. I'm not going to pretend that. I'm not going to white knuckle it. I do white knuckle it, but, you know, I'm not going to, um, it's true. It's just true. I want the food more than I want more serenity at that point. So God, and then God is just, God is a voice that says, oh, sweetie, honey, honey. That's God. God, God is honey, honey, sweetie, sweetie. That's usually what God is. Oh, sweetie. That's God right there for me. 
Hi, it is so wonderful to hear you share. I heard you at Region 2 where you were hysterical. You provided a huge service there. And I'm tremendously grateful God brought me here to hear your full story. And actually that pertains to my question to you, which is, have you always been funny? Uh, or has OA increased your humor? Has it, and if you've always been funny, has it changed your humor now that you have some recovery? Or, and have you had a life with humor in general? Or where does that come from? That's a good question. Um, well, I would say when I was young, I was sarcastic because I was angry. And I grew up in kind of a mean-spirited home in the sense of kind of a, a lot of teasing going on. And um, so I wasn't, like, that funny then, although I think maybe my close friends. I think the deal is that as I get more honest, it's such a relief. I was dishonest for so many years. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, so dishonest about everything. I mean, I'm finding out right now, I've got a girlfriend of 40 years. I'm writing, like, I don't even know if I like her. (laughs) Because the old me was, like, so lost, so closed, so uh, sad and scared and, ooh, like that. And now I'm, like, God, I have opinions and feelings and I'm I'm in the world. And not blaming her at all. It's just, you know, I've been dishonest to her for 40 years. I've never told her what I thought and felt about her or our relationship. Wow, right? So I think a lot of it with OA is it's given me such a safety, safe place to be completely telling you the truth. And what a relief. That's why I love you guys so much. Because you, you're the only people that I've met in my life that I could be this safe. And I think the humor probably comes from the honesty. You know, it's crazy, you know, having oatmeal be a vegetable or, you know, crouton being part leafy or something, you know. So I think it is. It's a safety. And, I, and you know, I don't talk about it that much. And, and, but it's a great, great topic, which is, how safe it is. Finally, we're home, you know. Finally, I'm home. And that means more to me than anything else in the world that could ever be, ever, ever be. Um, I love my family, but this is home, you know. This is where I get to tell the truth. So, yeah. Oh, great. Can you tell us about your food plan and the thought about how when you... You, you mentioned something that it sounds like when you change it, you're calling your sponsor. Yeah, um, the idea is <laughs> if I change it, I need to call her ahead of time. Um, calling her after is okay, but it's less rigorous honesty, right? It's like, what can I get away with? And then I'll just explain it later. And um, so when I'm really connected probably to my higher power, um, that's not true. Let me say it again, okay? If I call her ahead of time, I'm going to feel relief, serenity, and freedom. If I call her afterwards, I'm not going to feel those things. I'm going to feel like, eh, how do I justify, eh. I'll still call her. Last night I called her with all my choices after the second glass of wine. And, um, and that brought me some relief, but it would have brought me more relief if I was up front. Does that make sense? That, yes. Yeah. Do you call her in the morning? Or ah, day? yeah. 6.40 every morning, um, I call in my food. And my food is not like um, broccoli with cheese. It's not like that. It's just protein, veggies, piece of fruit next. Uh, super salad, that, like generic, like that, which is fine with me. Some people, I think they need to be even more specific. Um, but I like committing it ahead of time because I don't want to think about, you know, choices. I don't want to have choices. I'll give you an example. Today at the Bar Mitzvah, right? By the way, I'm a Jew. I hope you all know that. I'm obsessed with telling people I'm a Jew. 
Why? Because that keeps me different than you. It goes like this. It goes like this. It's just you. That's what it does. It goes, no, you're not, and I am, and I am. And you know something? I'm the one who doesn't go to temple. I don't do any of that shit. You know? It's just one way of going, I'm different. You can't love me completely, and I won't love you. So, by the way, that was just my disease talking. So, okay. So, the food, what were we, help me. Okay. Oh, today. So, there's soup, and everyone's like, the soup's marvelous. Got to have it. I'm like, didn't commit it, didn't commit it, didn't commit it. And what do they say? If it's not an option, it's not a problem. I love that. Like, and it wasn't an option. Soup, now, could I have gone in the bathroom, called my sponsor, and said, and I thought, you know what, just stick to the salad with the croutons and the walnuts. Um, You know, just stick to those things. And um, so, I basically, I eat the same thing pretty much every morning and certainly every lunch and then dinner time and after that's when I want a lot of this going on which is the gum you know so I'm not done you know what I'm saying totally not serene but that's basically yeah I don't do a lot of carbs but there's some in there definitely does that help kind of okay good anybody else oh yeah could you describe your daily spiritual practice yeah um, so I get up early you know and they say like we never talk about like going to the market and actually getting the food that's a spiritual experience right or like in the morning i measure a half a cup of cereal and it goes with my measured milk and um and i don't do that out of insanity i do it because it gives me freedom because then i don't have to think about it right because it could be a vat of how i used to eat it was just a huge quantities of stuff And this gives me freedom because it's life on life's terms. And it's a spiritual experience because I have to trust that that will be okay. That that one serving really does fit one body. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like everyone else, even though my eyes and my head want more. Um, So that's a spiritual experience in the morning, measuring my food. The other thing is um, I hit my knees which, as a Jew, was really weird, okay? <laughs> now, I'm being rude now at this point. I'm like, okay, we get the joke. And, um, <laughs> but um, let's see, we hit, uh, I hit my knees, and I pray, and then I meditate um, for about between five and ten minutes every morning, and then I take the calls, and I give the call, and then I write. And the writing is the most spiritual for me. It's the most um, alchemical. It's when the it change happens is in the honesty of the writing and also talking to the sponsor. Um, and then through the day, uh, if I'm calling you, it's usually like, help. I don't know. Maybe you can help me. I don't have an answer. That's spiritual. Um, so you see, and then meetings. Anytime I hear the truth, it's a spiritual experience. I keep, so I'll go to meetings. People tell their truth. It's like, ah, it feels so good. You know, it's like, Truth. Oh, God, God, God. That's what it is. It's that simple. Um, but mainly it's in the morning, like the, the rituals that we're talking about. And then I go to, um, in another program, so I go to about five meetings a week um, and take take service commitments. But that's, yeah, when I'm telling the truth, uh, it's a spiritual experience. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yay!